Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Because if Jesus is not real, I'm not here today. If Jesus is not real, my wife and I wouldn't be married. If Jesus is not real, my parents, mom and dad just want to stand up. I want to honor my mom and dad. If Jesus is not real, some years ago we came and we came here and we met Paul and we met Ruth Whitehead and I want to honor them even though they're away this, um, yeah, this morning and put your hands together for them. For the leaders, um, Ian Bilby and the Hagers and the rest of you, put your hands together for the leaders of Excite. But before I go any further, I just want to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for times like this, Lord God, that we get to sit under your shadow. We get to sit under your word. And I thank you that when your word goes out, it will not return void. When your word goes out, Lord God, it's going to minister to someone right where they are, Lord God. That we don't have to have it all together when we come to you because you put us piece by piece by piece together, Lord God, with your hands. And we thank you, Lord God, that you would outstretch your arm this morning, Father God, and touch somebody in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I am the light of the world. Turn to the person behind you and say, I am the salt of the earth. Amen. You don't have to stand up with me this morning, but I'm going to quickly read if they bring up the, the passage. And so I do, in the first week, you would have heard Charlotte um, and Reese. Put your hands together for Charlotte and Reese. Week one, they, they opened the series of Salt and Light. Last week, we had Ian Bilby. Put your hands together for Ian. And all I want to do this morning, church, is just come and I just want to add. I just want to add to what they've already shared. I feel like they've already put, uh, built a platform or laid down the platform that I only have to do the easy part, and that's just share this morning. I'm not going to preach. If I get loud, I'm still sharing. Amen? It's this, it reads this, you are, stop. That's what Ian did last week. And I'm just going to stop there, and I want to spend some time in this. Because my heart and my passion is, when I was growing up, I didn't know who I was. When I was growing up, I didn't know if someone said, who are you? And the first thing the enemy comes, and when life gets hard and when struggles come your way, amen, it comes to challenge you, but it comes to ask this question, who are you? And so before Jesus even went on, he, just, he came to set this straight. He came to say, you are the light. You are the salt. Amen. Because every single one that sits in this house has something to offer. Say, I have something to offer. Before you leave this place, before you leave this room, you're going to know what that is. Amen. Because I know that I know. Amen. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be sitting here or standing here this morning. But it's because of His love, His forgiveness. Amen. And it's because of His powerful Word that changes people from the inside. And it's been changing people way before we even got here. And it's going to be changing people way after we leave here in Jesus' name. And so my first point is this, your identity. Did you know that when Jesus, amen, come out of that 40-day and 40-night fast, the first thing the enemy came to him and he said was what? If you're the son of God. And any time, amen, problems arise, I believe it's come, it comes to question who you are. And so I was this boy that grew up in the Samoan church. I'm originally from Auckland, born and raised. Go Auckland! Go the Auckland Blues. Hmm. And, out of, and out of Wesley, Mount Ruskell, I was born and raised, but I didn't know who I was. 
I went to school every day, went to church. I grew up in church, the Samoan church. If any Samoans in, in this house this morning, then you will know. I, I, I grew up in the FRKSA. I grew up in the, in the Methodist church. And so I, I did the Sunday school. I did the prayers. We learned to, us Samoans love to worship God. Amen. But the thing that was missing in my life was this relationship with God. And so I, I came to know Christ, amen, at a ripe old age of the first time was 20-something, and then the second time was my late 20s and 28. Amen. So if, if you're here and you're thinking, can I ask Jesus into my life again and again and again, I'm here to tell you, yes, you can. Amen. Maybe you're the person that's, that's come to know him, but some, for some reason you walked away. Maybe you're the person that, amen, used to go to church and you love and you had this passion for the word. Amen. But for some reason, things happened. There was a darkness in your life at that time, and, and you felt like, well, maybe I should just take matters into my own hands. And what I mean by that is maybe you just walked away. Amen. But I'm here this morning to tell somebody this morning that you're not here by accident. It's no coincidence. For the Bible tells us, for I know the plans I have for you. It's a plan of God that we are all sitting here this morning. I'll say that again. It's a plan of God that you're sitting here this morning. It was always His plan. And so whether you planned it or not, if it was a last-minute call, a last-minute text, if it was a last-minute Facebook page, um, amen, profile pic or, or, or Instagram, something, something, amen, it was always God's plan that you're sitting here this morning. And so this enemy comes, and he will come to question who you are. But if you don't know who you are, what happens? If you don't know who you are, what happens? If you're anything like me, you know what happened when I didn't know who I was? For all, all my life, and when I was a teenager in school, I followed this group over here. I tried to fit into this group over here because I didn't know who I was. I thought I'd go play rugby, and then I felt like, oh, you know, they, they're only in it for that. But that, that, didn't, that didn't fill this missing piece that was in my life. And so I came away from school, and after school, I picked up drugs at the age of 13, and at the age of 13, I was hooked. I was addicted. At the age of 13, you know what became my identity? was the substance. And so too often people think, well, if I'm going to be accepted in this group and accepted by these people, and then you get hooked on this, this substance, that becomes your identity. You know, when people used to ring me up, they used to say, JT, and then I said, yeah, what up? And then they used to say, what are you up to? And I said, you know what I'm up to. And then they would say, do you still smoke? And this became my identity. I moved over to Australia, should have only been for two weeks. What should have only been for two weeks, amen, I've been there now almost 22 years, amen. But I'm there because I know what Ian said last week, if God has placed me there, amen, then there's a purpose and a plan that I'm there. Sometimes where we are and God is doing a work in us, but we start to complain about why did you put us, why did you put me here? Maybe I'm not supposed to be here. Maybe I should fly to Auckland. Maybe I should move to Kirikiri. Maybe I should go to Odahu. Wherever I'm supposed to be, if you ask God and seek the Lord, he will show you where you're supposed to be. And right where you are, he will do a work. Amen. He will do a work right, right where you are. And then, amen, if he needs you to move on, and if he needs you to move away from where you are to plant you somewhere else, then so be it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I love this clock. This, we need this at church. Amen. This is cool, man. Hallelujah. And so he comes to question us, who are we? And I want to remind some people this morning, Amen. I, it wasn't, I wasn't born in, in, in a relationship with God, but it was something that, amen, that drew me closer to him. 
I was the guy that said oh, most of my life that I'll never get married, never have kids. I'll be single for life. Amen. And my wife stands up here and she has an awesome story, our story about we've got seven kids. Amen. People say, are you going to catch up to mom and dad who have 10? I say, no, 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 that's good. We're cool. We're cool right here. Amen. But did you know that the Bible says this in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Amen. If, if you know what darkness, amen, if you've experienced some darkness in your life, then I want to I share this. Sometimes, amen, it's hard to see where you are in the dark. Sometimes it's hard to see where you are in the dark. And how the Word really helped me to come out of the darkness, how Jesus really helped me to come out of this place where I thought I was all alone, where no one cared. I felt like what I was going through, I was the only one going through it. And I know that there's some people who know what I'm talking about. Because you can be in a, in a place that's crowded with people and still feel alone. Because I was going to the club feeling alone. I was drinking with the boys, feeling alone. I was looking for this light. And the places that I was trying to look for the, for the light, amen, up one day, down the next. The light that I was sniffing up, choking up, drinking up, the next morning only put a hole in my pocket and it gave me a sore head. This light that I was looking for, amen, is in this house right now. It's in this place right now. The light that I, want to, I came to proclaim is Jesus. But what I love about Jesus is he turns to us even this morning and he says, you are the light. Did you know that when God sends his disciples out the same way he sends us out, the same way he, still, he sent the bilbies and they, they plant themselves here to this morning and they've been here for a while now, the same way he sent them out, it was so that you can be the light in someone else's situation. So that you... Who Jesus has called, not your parents. Your parents may not have called you the light. If you had anything like my parents, my mom said, you're no good for nothing. My mom used to say to me, it was better if you died and your, twi uh, and your twin survived. And I used to think, man, what does that even mean? As this was being said and spoken over my life as I was growing up, I started to believe this. And so what should have, amen, encouraged me was tearing me down. But I didn't know that's what was happening until I came to, an, you know, an age or I came to when I was in school and, and we were sitting in class and even this question was asked in class. Who do you want to be or what do you want to be when you grow up? And I had no idea, church. Had no idea. 20 years ago, I never would have pictured myself standing here in front of Excite Church. But I am excited and delighted to be here by the grace of God. But those, some of the, the words and the passages that I've picked up that really helped me, and I believe will help you this morning, is found in Psalms 139, and it reads this, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my, in my mother's womb. Right there, amen. Right there, I came to share with somebody this morning, is that before your parents even hooked up, God had a plan. Before your parents, amen, did whatever they did and then they hooked up and whether they planned to hook up for one night or for the rest of their lives, you were still not a mistake. Before, amen, your parents 
whether they were in uh, whether they were married or outside of marriage amen i came to tell you you were never ever a mistake your 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 life is not an accident your life amen it's not a coincidence your life has always been a purpose and a plan of god and why so that you could be the light of this world hallelujah i'm going to keep moving on hallelujah and so it reads there you are the light of christ to the world. It's funny because sometimes we may understand that to be, you're supposed to be your own light. But how many of us know that if you do things in your own strength, amen, you're going to get tired. If you do things in your, in your strength, if you do things your way and not according to his plan, you're going to burn out. Amen. If you start walking according to what you think and, and what you believe and it's not based and it's not founded in, that's why I love what you're doing here in the foundation classes, these mana classes that run for eight weeks. Amen. If you're not planted here, I encourage you. Amen. If you're looking for a spirit-filled and a spirit-led church, it's right here in Kirikiri, right here at Excite Church. I'm going to keep moving. You are the light of Christ to the world and a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. We arrived on Tuesday. And we're driving down to Rotorua, and as soon as we hit there, my mom, oh, my mom, my wife, on the, on the two-way, she's like, can you smell that? This was our first time in Rotorua. And so we only heard about the smell. We only heard about the smell. We only heard about it. And then I, before we even had to wind down the window, we're like, yeah, we can smell it. <laughs> Most people would go, ooh, ah. Not us. We were like, yeah, we can smell it. We're in Rotorua. For 17 years, I, I, you know, I grew up in Auckland. I've never been anywhere else except for Wellington. And so, yeah, for us and our families to go there for the first time and our kids to show them around and stuff like that, it's been a real blessing. And how God can do that in someone's life because when he's the light, amen, the light can lead you to places that you ain't never seen before. Sometimes we, we amen, we maybe are afraid to ask God to step out and ask him, you know, to lead if it be his plan that you come to Australia, all 26 of you, sometimes we were afraid to ask for things like that. But if, if we understand that all good things, the perfect things and gift come from above, amen. And I tell you, it was always his will that we be here today, even though we didn't know how this was going to pan out. Hallelujah. I also I keep reading, you are the light of the world. A city on a, on a hill cannot be hidden. Oh, yeah, my story in Rotorua, as we, as we drove in the skyline, and, and I just seen this in the dark. You can't see nothing but this, these lights on the hill. Then I quickly asked my wife, what's that up there? And she's like, that's the skyline. And I'm like, wow. And what God showed me right there is that your talents and your gifts are not to be hidden. Your talents and your gifts is not to be hidden. And so the salt is your flavor. Do you know that your flavor, how you were wired, is not the same as the person next to you? So if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I don't fit in, oh, I don't have much to offer, oh, I'm not as talented as that person, oh, I'm not as gifted. I came to tell you what gift you do have is exactly what God gave you. It's exactly what God gave you. Amen. We ain't trying to be anyone else here. Amen. What about if I told you God designed you the way you are and you need to be comfortable in your own skin? That we get up here and we may think, well, I want to be a preacher and I want to be a teacher. Amen. You can be the best, uh, hallelujah, usher, right where you are. And you know what? I've seen in ushering that when people walk in, it only takes a massive hug, amen, to help someone feel the love of God. I'll never forget the first time I walked into um, a, a spirit-filled church where, 
born again is real because I grew up in a Samoan one and we don't, we don't believe in being born again. Still, please pray for our Samoans. And so I walked into church and I saw this man from head to toe covered in tattoos. Amen. And I thought, oh my gosh, is this church? And so I, I, I took a while, but anyway, I thought, oh, I'll just try to ignore him. But there was only one door in, one door out. So I go, okay, let's try and do this. So, you know, I walked, I tried to walk around and he stepped in front of me. He goes, Deeper, come here. And that hug changed everything. You know, even before I heard the word, even before I heard the worship, even before I heard anything, it was that, there was that hug. And maybe that's all you have to offer, but that's enough for God to use you to be the light, to be the salt of the earth. Are you with me, church? Amen. I want to keep going. Yeah, you are the light of the... Next verse, please. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Next one, please. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see. Sorry, can we go back to the top? I think it's that verse there. Uh, it is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out. Yeah. There we go. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how can it be made salty again? And that's, that's where I felt like God was saying that what you have to offer and the flavor that you come with, amen, is enough for God to use to bless somebody else. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a blessing in my life. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so we get to that point there, and it reads, it is no longer good for anything. And I know there's some times where if you're trying to be someone else, if you're trying to mimic something else, that's not Jesus. If you're trying to follow, amen, what everyone else is doing in the world, if you're trying to follow some culture that's not Jesus, I had to learn that my Samoan culture had to come under Jesus. I had to learn that my Samoan culture had to come under Jesus. And, and I mean, I, that's nothing against my culture. My culture is beautiful. Everything about it is beautiful. But amen. But the second we choose to try and put our culture above Jesus, amen, it's out of order. The Israelites saw what was out of order, and then God brought in the Ten Commandments. Amen. He brought order back into it. But even that, amen, didn't stand up straight. Amen. Even that didn't work out. So who did he bring to fulfill the law? He brought Jesus. And so the light of the world is Jesus. But then he says, you are the light of the world. Why? Because in him we find our identity. And so I left school, and I came to Australia. And in Australia, I got worse. My habits picked up. Amen. The, the stuff that I was using and abusing picked up. Amen. I met my wife, and then as you heard her story, I told her, oh, you better go get rid of that. Why? Because all I had in mind was me. I had two kids at the time, too. And, amen. And, and just the other day, she, she heard this testimony, and she was like, Dad, did you love us? Amen. I'm driving. We're driving here from um, Kaitaia back to Kerry last night, and she asked me, did you love us even though all that was happening, because I believe for our kids, some of the testimonies that we're sharing on this trip is first, new, uh, first time news to them as well. But did you know, like, I had to turn to her, I said, I always loved news. If there was nothing, amen, there was no doubt about it, but my way of showing it at that time just wasn't the light. And so here I was trying to be the light or trying to pretend to be the light, amen, in front of people, but behind the scenes when no one can see me. And sometimes, amen, we can come to church and we'll be doing the same thing. On the front, we have it all together, but behind the scenes and behind closed doors and in private, amen, when no one can see you, 
We might be going through some stuff. We might be struggling. But if you allow the light of Christ come into your life, amen, you know what, that, what happens? He will bring and expose those things for what it is, but not so he can, amen, condemn you, not so that he can bring you down, but it's so that he can take that off you and bring you up, amen, so that you can see what he sees. And when you start to see people the way God sees people, you start to love on them the way he loves them. My wife once said to me, do you love me? And I had to tell her the truth that day. And it was, uh, I'm still learning how to love you. And she said, what? And I said, yeah, because there's some things that I had picked up in the world. And, this, and this, the things that I picked up in the world, it wasn't just going to go away overnight. Amen. I wish I was one of those Christians that just received Jesus and, and everything. Every habit that I picked up was gone. And every addiction that I picked up was gone. But for me, Christ had to take his time. Why? As he takes his time with me, amen, and, and he walks with me, I came to tell somebody that Christ walks with you. And as he walks with you, amen, and he takes his time with you, and he nurtures you, and he grows you, and he develops you, amen. There was a process to my, amen, coming to know him, my process coming to know myself. And this process was, amen, he's got a promise, but to get to the promise, amen, it's going to take a process. Sometimes we try to jump the gun and try to chase the promise and miss out on the process, but what the process does is get you ready for the promise, church. Amen. Just in closing, amen. Amen. Please stand with me, church. Hallelujah. God is good. And all the time. In John 8, chapter 12, Jesus said this, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. So that same guy that went to they grew up and, oh, if I can ask my sister to come up. Oh, she's coming. Amen. Amen. So I don't know where you're at this morning, church, my brothers and my sisters. I don't know where you're at this morning. But I love the theme and I love the series of this month to be salt and to be the light. And in closing, it's the salt is... It's, it's the purpose that God has put in your life, right? Because everyone here needs to know or needs to be reminded in our, in our lives and our hearts need to be refreshed this morning that He has a purpose for your life. Before we even came on this trip, our daughter rings us and my wife and I are there. And, and something she says is, I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now because she felt like she was in the dark and she was in this darkness in a dark place maybe you've you've asked that question maybe you've asked that question because things haven't worked out the way you hoped or things haven't worked out the way you planned or things haven't worked out and so if you're here this morning and you've had to ask that question or that thought cross your mind where You're not too sure where to from here.
Jesus said, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. I'll leave you with two points. First one is, if you follow me. I used to think to follow Jesus, I had to be perfect. I used to think to follow Jesus, I, used, I had to have my life together and I had to break this addiction first and then he'll accept me and I had to get rid of that habit and then he'll accept me and then I had to, amen, get, be free before I came to him but I had it the, I had it the wrong way around church. I, you know that I know now that I can come as I am. I can come as I am, addictions and all, I can come as I am, habits and all, I can come as I am. I came to a point where it's not clean, it's not clean myself first and then come. It's you come as you are, unclean, unsafe. You come as you are, and the second you receive Jesus, this light into your life, the darkness that's in the heart, the darkness that's in your situation, the darkness, amen, that you're trying to hide under, hoping no one can see you, hope no one hears about it, and this darkness that no one, you're hoping that no one reads about, finds out about, discovers that's been going on and on, and you're trying to, you're getting good at hiding it, you're getting good at, amen, pretending you're getting good, and not being who you're called to be. You can come as you are, and Jesus says in Matthew 28, 11, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Because we're trying to find rest in the wrong places. We're trying to find rest in stuff. But you can come as you are, church. My brothers, my sisters, you can come as you are. It goes on to say, you won't have to walk in darkness, you won't have to walk alone. You won't have to walk on your lonesome. You won't have to walk and go through what you're going through by yourself. You don't have to go through that struggle on your own. You don't have to go through that pain alone. You don't have to go through anything, amen, alone. You don't have to walk by yourself. You may have walked in this church on your own, but I tell you something, you don't have to walk out of this church by yourself. And it goes on to read this because you will have the light that leads to life. I came to tell somebody the second you meet Jesus, He leads you out of darkness. He leads you out of your pit. He leads you out of your brokenness. He leads you out of your illness. He leads you. 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 You only have to follow you. You can come as you are. He'll lead you. Amen. You don't have to take the lead on this one, church. Allow Jesus to lead you this time. Allow him to take control this time. Allow him to take the driver's seat this time. And I tell you, as you allow him to lead your way, lead your steps, lead your thoughts, lead your conversations, lead your, lead your marriage, lead your friendships, lead your relationship, as you allow Jesus to lead your life, As we allow Jesus to lead, hallelujah, and take over, he'll lead you to brighter days. He'll lead you, hallelujah, out of the kingdom, out of the dominion of darkness and into the glorious 
lives with every eye closed. I don't want to leave here this morning without first giving an opportunity to anyone and everyone that sits or stands in this house. Amen. I came to remind you, it was Jesus that said you're the light. Not the teachers. It was Jesus because whatever people are saying to you might not be you are the light. It might be you are something else. And if people have spoken death over your life or spoken curses over your life or spoken stuff that will just tear you down over your life, I came to tell you it was Jesus. It's Jesus who has called you to be the light. And he didn't just call you. He said, that's who you are. That's who you are. My sister at the front, that's who you are. My brother at the back, that's who you are. My brother and my sister to the left, that's who you are. My family at the back, that's who you are. It came from Jesus. And whatever the enemy is trying to say against that, I'm telling you now, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It's coming from Jesus. And you need to know this. He calls you who you are. And when we get under that, and when we get in line with the word that says, I am fearfully made in this image. I am fearfully made by his hands. I am fearfully made. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm a child of light and not of darkness. When we come in line with the truth, and the truth becomes real to you, amen, you start to walk in who Jesus has called you to be. And that is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. I want to allow our worship team. They're going to lead us in a time of worship.